Ah, sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Well, Dan, how our nation deals with the refugee crisis has become a hotly charged political football. We're going to steer clear of the politics today and talk about the work that certain Christian organizations are doing on behalf of refugees. Our guest today is James Chen, Executive Director of the Institute for Global Engagement on the web at globalengage.org. Mr. Chen, thank you so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thanks so much for having me on your show. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, IGE and, and why it's involved in working with refugees. Well, we are an NGO, and we have been around for about 16 years. We primarily work on global conflict resolution and religious freedom through relational diplomacy. And so our work on refugees has primarily been, uh, particularly in the past two, three years, uh, focused on the Middle East. And I know you've had our uh, president emeritus right now, Chris Seipel, on your show, uh, I think that was probably two years ago, uh, talking about our work there. Um, but yeah, we have primarily been uh, working with religious minorities in the Middle East, particularly in northern Iraq, that have been persecuted by ISIS. A lot of that effort has been focused on providing uh, emergency relief, uh, humanitarian supplies, uh, but another component has been dealing with uh, educational opportunities, trauma healing and counseling. Um, and then the third aspect, uh, which is more of a long-term one, that's been more of a policy engagement with both the U.S. government and governments in the region on how we can bring about uh, a political environment in which religious minorities and a majority population can live in you know peaceful coexistence. Now, with all of the news that surrounded refugees um, supposedly flooding into Europe, and with the the politics of of our nation's approach to refugees, I was startled to see in your recent email the statistic that something like ninety nine percent of refugees are never going to. Um, uh, return home? Was that the number? Yeah, that's right, Alan. Uh, it was actually 99.5% uh, who won't be able to return home or even uh, get a chance to resettle in the U.S. state or another country. So you're saying that the refugees that are going to Europe or other countries constitute only one half of 1% of the refugee population? Yeah, that's correct. And so you know, if you really want to address the root of the refugee issue and the problem, we think, at least at, at IGE, our approach is to go straight to the source, and that's to, you know, be engaging governments and, and religious communities and, and civil societies in the regions and uh, where the, the refugee crisis is strongest. And so, you know, places like Iraq, uh, Syria, and we're also working in countries like Myanmar, where there's also a significant refugee or IDP issue there as well. Yeah, my son um, was uh, traveling and was in Myanmar recently. Uh, so I got to get, you know, his firsthand account of, 
of what it's like as a tourist there. Um, what's happening? Well, in Myanmar, of course, there is something that Americans um, may not even be aware takes place, which is persecution of Muslims by the, um, uh, I guess it's really the Buddhist government, right? Right. Myanmar is a majority Buddhist country. Uh, that identity is very much uh, fused with their ethnic identity of the, the majority Burman people. But, you know, Myanmar, they, they are also uh, a great collection of many other different ethnic and minority groups. Unfortunately, there's been a history, a long-time history of strife and, and tension between these groups. And, you know, there's even been civil wars that have taken place. And so, you know, you mentioned the, the Muslim Rohingya minority. That's definitely an issue that has been in the news recently. There have been uh, stories of, you know, almost kind of like camps of Rohingya that have been attacked by the military, uh, dreadful violence, gender-based violence that has taken place. And you also hear these stories of um, some Christian minority groups, uh, such as the Kachin people in the northern part of the country that have been attacked as well. And so, you know, you know we usually hear about the, the Muslim countries, uh, majority ones, persecuting the religious minorities. Here we have an interesting situation, a tragic one of, of a majority Buddhist country in where the persecution of its Muslim minority is, uh, yes, has been attracting lots of attention. Well, and to be sure, I mean, to the extent that American Christians have any awareness of persecution based on religion, they think of the persecution of Christians, which is certainly a, a very significant problem. But but returning to northern Iraq, where IGE has been working, uh, there are also Muslim minorities, the Yazidis, who are being persecuted as well as Christians. Isn't that right? Yes, definitely. Um, and particularly with the Yazidis. Uh, actually, I'm not even sure if they would call themselves Muslims. <laughs> Uh, that, that's been one of the reasons why ISIS in particular has tried to wipe them out. But, but right, um, the Yazidi people, um, also there's other groups like the Shabak, um, Shiite, you know, Muslim groups have been persecuted by ISIS as well. Uh, so, right, even within the Muslim milieu, uh, we see persecution, uh, sometimes of, of one could even say almost like a, an ethnic cleansing nature taking place. Well, in, you know, in your recent email, you were challenging Americans with how they can make a difference. Um, why don't you address that? First of all, IGE, we are driven and motivated by our faith and by our beliefs. And so we actually do feel that God does call us to care for refugees. Uh, you referred to the, the debate that's been going on in our country about this issue. And we think that you know, there is a way to definitely balance compassion and security, both of which are very important issues. But we think uh, we don't see those as either or issues. We think that there's a way to, to do both at the same time. Um, but even more than that, at IGE, we try to look at these issues at their root. Um, and the root is basically what is happening abroad that is causing this, uh, this outflow of refugees. And so uh, our our engagement has probably been through our approach, which we call relational diplomacy, and that is basically engaging both governments, religious communities, and and community leaders in in the region. You need to get all three together in order to produce any change, uh, sustainable solutions. And so, um, in countries like Iraq, 
uh, Syria, uh, Myanmar. Uh, we've been uh, engaging in not only relief programs, but also engaging more on a level which would reach policymakers and trying to affect a long-term change through policy changes or changes in laws. Uh, that's the approach we think that's um, most sustainable. It can take a long time, but we also think that, you know, compared to short-term efforts, um, it's probably most effective. Okay, if I understood what you said earlier, 99.5% of the refugees aren't going anywhere, and they're living in situations where there is active uh, military conflict. It would seem to me that, uh, you know, diplomacy has to get the wars stopped right. before uh, people can, you know, return to any kind of normal life. Yes, definitely. Um, and that's the role, you know, there's roles for where governments definitely need to play, uh, especially the United States government, in, you know, assuming leadership for different issues like this. Um, but then there's also a role that I think, you know, people of faith, you know, Christians, the church can definitely play as well. Um, people, when we say diplomacy, we typically do think about, you know, people that work for the State Department. But, you know, as an NGO, uh, we've just been able to uh, talk to people in very high levels of governments abroad. Um, and, you know, and when they see that we're trying to engage on a goodwill basis, seeking uh, win-win solutions for both that country and, and ours, uh, they, they listen. And, you know, when you present the argument that uh, religious freedom um, contributes to greater societal stability, greater economic flourishing, which is borne out by, you know, true statistical studies that have been done, uh, usually a lot of the, the government officials that we've engaged with recognize that as, you know, as a valid argument, and they are willing to take the next step in pursuing that. So I hear you saying that you're, you're trying to lay a, a foundation for religious freedom as a primary um, value in a society and its laws. Exactly. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, the approach that, uh, that has been taken is trying to apply pressure or, uh, you know, external pressure to governments that persecute or that allow persecution of religious minorities. Uh, and there's definitely a place for that. Um, but we're also trying to take the other approach of, you know, engagement, relational diplomacy, and trying to work with uh, the elements within uh, the government and also with the civil societies that are trying to introduce and affect reform from within. So the efforts are complementary. So how can our listeners participate in a meaningful way? Uh, thank you for that question. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, first, you know, as a Christian organization, we also depend upon a lot on prayer. And so definitely prayer is something that we always appreciate and support. Um, and definitely, you know, just visiting our website, globalengage.org, uh, people can look at some of the information on the programs that we have in the Middle East, in Myanmar. Uh, we're also uh, doing work in China and, and Laos and Vietnam. So, um, you know, any way uh, that people would like to join us in supporting that work would be greatly appreciated. Well, I don't mind saying to our listeners, you know, we don't ever ask for um, financial support for our work here on the radio, but we're happy to highlight the work of other organizations that certainly warrant 
your consideration for financial support. Um, Institute for Global Engagement is just such an organization that's doing a wonderful work on the web at globalengage.org, globalengage.org. Uh, so we're very grateful, James, for the work uh, that you guys are doing. Um, what is your, you know, as we're closing here, um, what are your thoughts on uh, the prognosis for these millions of refugees in countries like Iraq and Syria? Well, um, yeah, great question. I think given the situation and the political currents going around the world right now, it may actually, uh, unfortunately, get harder or, or worse. Um, and so that just highlights the, the need for, you know, especially the church, to have a focus on this, not only in, in our targeted prayer, but just in um, coming alongside uh, refugees and attacking the issue at its root. Well, I sure appreciate your taking time out of your busy day to, um, to be with us on Freedom's Ring. Our guest again has been James Chen, Executive Director of the Institute for Global Engagement on the web at globalengage.org. And as we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We offer help to those suffering religious discrimination. You can check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. And Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud and also on the iTunes library. Don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. <laughs>